great video. Uh, I'll use that one to learn. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> there we go. It's good to be with you. It's good to see some new students amongst us. I hope you feel very welcomed and settled. We've got lots of great plans for you, so I hope you enjoy being amongst us and getting to know us. Um, we really enjoy having you with us. Uh, I'm going to start by reading from Romans chapter 8. So if you've got a Bible, if you want to turn to that, I'm reading from the NIV version. Verse 31, Romans 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died... More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Isn't that a beautiful passage? So amazing. Paul was talking to a people who were suffering. They were going through hardship and difficulty. And, you know, and they probably had friends or family that were being persecuted or even being put to death because of their faith. And Paul wanted them to know that despite everything that they're going through, you can hold on to this knowledge that God loves you. And we need to know that today. We need to know that today in our own lives. When we're going through trouble or hardship or difficulties, we may not be even facing the kind of things that that they were facing in that time. But we need to know that through all of that, God loves us. So Paul is there trying to reassure them. We need to be reassured. We need to be reassured constantly. We can stand before our perfect heavenly Father because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. We are no longer condemned. But what about all those mistakes that that I keep doing? I keep making all these mistakes. Our heavenly Father does not condemn us. 
but what about all the things that are being said about me and upsetting me and it just like really knocks me sideways. I just, I just don't know how I can just deal with this. Nothing can condemn you when you are in Christ Jesus. But what about my failings, my struggles? I, I, I don't feel like an overcomer. I feel like everything that I do just, just, is just a mess. Do you know, he is the judge of all things, and yet he does not condemn us. In fact, not only does he not condemn us, but he's there interceding for us. He's there standing up for us. He's our advocate. He defends us. So no matter what can come against you, no matter what you are facing, Jesus Christ is right there standing for us between us and our heavenly perfect Father defending us, standing up for us. You know, what a wonderful thing for us that there could be so many things that go wrong in our day. There could be so many things that that we are struggling with. We could be finding really hard and really tough and, and we're having to work our way through it. And yet we can be certain that God loves us. This is a really powerful passage telling us that nothing can change God's love for us no matter what we are experiencing. His love is right there no matter what. Do you know it's God's love that makes us whole when everything is rubbish? It's God's love that keeps us together when everything else around us is so chaotic and crazy. It's God's love that gives us peace when things just feel like it's just a complete mess. It's God's love that gives us value and worth, even though everything that we try to accomplish fails. God's love is not just some gooey, gushy, romantic feeling that that we feel. But sometimes we we do feel that when we experience his presence and we, we come in before him, we can experience this amazing, wonderful love. God's love is God. God is love. It's supernatural. It's powerful. So the opportunity that we have to go deep into love is an opportunity to go deep into God. It's really precious. It's it's a powerful, supernatural gift of going deeper into God, going deeper into himself. Now, his love nailed your sin to the cross. His love is why Jesus is standing there right between you and the accuser. The accuser who says, you are rubbish. Jesus says, you are precious. The accuser who who says to you, you call yourself a Christian. Jesus says, you are sons and daughters of the heavenly father. The accuser who says, you're not loved, you're worthless. Jesus says that our Heavenly Father sent me into this world because of our love for you. 
the accuser who says that you are ugly and there's no point to your life. Jesus says that you are wonderfully made and that I have got a plan and a purpose for you. His love stands there between us and the accuser, defending you so that you can freely come before the throne of God, innocent, free from shame, free from guilt, totally accepted. It's in his love that we will find fruitfulness. We will find life. We will find fulfillment. There is nothing that you can desire in all of creation, in all of the world, that can compare to what God's love can give to you. Even Paul says, I consider everything worthless. I consider it all as rubbish compared to knowing Christ Jesus and what he has got for me. What is there compared to the supernatural, powerful love of God? In the prophetic book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, there is this, um, this prophetic picture, vision of, of the river that flows from the throne of God out into the world. And it describes this river as being this amazing thing that goes, gets bigger and bigger. And Ezekiel is led into the river by a man. And he says, the man leads me into the river and my feet go into the river and I'm ankle deep. And then it says, the man leads me further into the river, and it becomes waist deep. Then the man leads me further into the river, and it's so deep that I have to swim. It's so deep, I have to swim. And it's so big, this river, it's become so big, that it's too big for anyone to even cross it. That's how big it is. And then it says that the, the, where the salt water meets this river, this salt water becomes fresh water. And there is so many fish that's living in this water. And there is life and animals that come to the river. And along the, the side of the river, there are trees that, that are full of fruit and leaves that do not wither. And the fruit is used for he- eating. It's good enough to eat. And the, and the leaves are there for healing. And it's this beautiful picture. You know, God's love is unmeasurable. God's love is so full of life and fruitfulness, just like this river. I think that um, we can step into God's love and we can go ankle deep. And we can stay there at ankle deep in our understanding, in our experience, in our identity and knowledge of his love, or we can go further. I think we are meant to go deeper into God's love. We can venture out even further until we are waist deep in our understanding, in our experience, in our identity and knowledge of his love, with our feet still on the floor. And we can stare there, But I think we are meant to go even deeper. I think we are meant to let him lead us even further so that we are swimming, completely immersed in his full acceptance and love. Jesus tells us to remain in God's love because unless we remain in him, we will not be fruitful. If we remain in him, he remains in us 
and we will bear fruit. You know, there are times in my life when I feel like things have gone a bit stale. And maybe I feel like I've lost my way a bit. I got caught up in life, in the business of it, of doing and, and getting all distracted and trying to do things. And I feel like my life is just feels stale. And I just feel like, what is going on? And what I need in that moment is to, to come into the presence of God and just remind myself once again of his love and his, his goodness and his faithfulness and let it immerse in me and, and let it overcome me and just to be aware of that and all that staleness become freshness as it comes into the river of the amazing, wonderful love of God. The things that we long for, the things that we chase after, the things we have to be doing to achieve that, that love and that acceptance, that value and that worth is freely given to us. And there is nothing that we can do to earn it. Everything that we think that we need to do to get it only causes burnout, depression, anger, addiction. I think that so many of us know it. I think so many of us have heard it. They're like, yeah, 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 God loves me, this I know. You know and we are probably all experts in talking about how much he loves us. So why is it that we still find ourselves striving, dry, stale, dissatisfied, feeling, having feelings of rejection or unworthiness. Why is that? Even though nothing can come between God's love for us or separate us from God's love, so often what prevents us from knowing his love fully or going deeper into his love is, is self-rejection. Self-rejection is our greatest enemy of coming close to God and continually staying in that place. Self-rejection contradicts everything that the Holy Spirit is trying to show us and, and tell us and help us with. We know this to be true of ourselves because we're always looking for acceptance and yet we're already accepted. We are chasing after affirmation and yet we are already affirmed. His gentle voice tells us how much he loves us. He tells us that he accepts us, that we, that we can rely on him, that his yoke is light. And yet we, we often listen to the louder voices that keeps telling us that, that we have to prove something, that, that we, are, we have to prove that we are worth something, that we have to do something relevant or powerful or spectacular. Because then we will feel like we've achieved something in life and we'll feel worthy and loved and accepted. We look for the next book or job or relationship to, to fulfill that deepest desire. Our self-rejection thinks that we have to do something to be loved. And so we just miss out on just being and just knowing him. And experiencing him and feeling that just by just being in something that's so life-giving, that brings fruitfulness and hope and strength to us and healing. 
If we are feeling dissatisfied, at any point in our lives we're feeling dissatisfied, we're feeling like, what is going on? I feel stale. Then we need to center our lives on God again. We need to find that place of being with him and knowing that acceptance and that worth in his presence. We don't have to run into the wilderness and feel that anxiety and worthlessness, but we can find our true acceptance and affirmation in him. Long before you were born, you were called by name. He knows every single hair on, on your head. Your name is written on the palms of his hands. He loves you with infinite care and passion. If you make your bed in the depths of the sea, he is there. If you settle on the far side of the mountains, he is there and his hand holds you fast. 1 John 4, 16 says this. And so we know and rely, so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So we rely on God's love. We have to be conscious of God's love for us. Believe his love. Rely and have faith in his love. When we live in God's love, we live in God and God lives in us. When you live in God's love, God lives in you. And you live in God. And so your life can't help to be fulfilled and fruitful and whole and healed and satisfied. God's love for you is perfect and unconditional. When you fail, he keeps on loving you. Because his love for you does not depend on you at all. Because God loves you. God is love. So believe it, accept it, know that you are special, know that you are worthy of his love. Believe it, receive it, live in it, remain in it. Going to church on Sundays or midweeks or whatever, it's a great place to experience his love. It's a great place where we get to hear more about his love. And we enjoy that. And it's good. And we, you know, and it can be like we, we go in almost like ankle deep. And we're like, yes, it's so nice. I'm ankle deep in God's love. It's great. And, you know, maybe we might even, you know, if we're singing the right songs, and it's, you know, we might even end up going waist deep, you know. We're like, ooh, this is nice, God's love. And, and it's great because it, it, it gives us a boost and we feel his presence and it, it energizes us and gives us that faith of thinking because we're in God's love and that's what God's love does to us. It does something in us. Or we may go to our Friday night, deeper night, where, where we spend more time worshipping God. 
And this time we're like, oh, I'm swimming in the love of God. It's so amazing. And we encounter healing and, we, and our bodies are healed, or our emotions are healed, or, or our mental illness, or, or we experience this closeness to God that revives us and, and gives us the boost to live our lives. And then we, and then we go on and live our lives and, we, and it's, you know, it's a different day. And we're like, we, we find ourselves in situations and, and we forget and we start feeling unworthy or we start feeling rejection and we start feeling in, in all these different things that are going on in our hearts and our lives. I believe that, that those feelings and emotions and that experience and that closeness to God, we can be conscious of that every single moment of our lives. And I think we were meant to be conscious of it. I think, I think we were meant to know and rely that his love is with us. And we never feel that self-rejection. And we never feel those feelings that puts us down and makes us feel worthless. We've got a new family member. It's a cat. Over the summer, a ginger tongue. There he is. <laughs> I know some people hate cats. I'm sorry if that's making you feel sick right now. But anyway, we love our cat. It's a ginger tom cat. And um, when we first got him, it was a bit of a scaredy cat. In fact, it still is a little bit of a scaredy cat. And um, whenever, and he used to just hide every, every, all the time in this little, this little hole. He's a rescue cat, so it needed lots of patience and love. And, um, and it, needed to, it needed time to realize that actually we're not going to abuse him or be mean to him or reject him. But, you know, it just took patience and time. And he would just hide in this little hidey hole. And, and every now and again, he would just come out and, and get some treats or something or a little cuddle. And then he'd go back into his little hidey hole. And it was really nice when he came out and he, and he got that cuddles or, or whatever. See, our Heavenly Father is so patient with us. He's waiting for us. He's waiting to lead us deeper into his love. And we can hide away like some scared cat in our little hidey hole thinking it's really safe here and, and it's good and, and I can be distracted by all the things in this world that makes me feel secure in my life and, you know, and I don't need anything else because I'm in my little space that, that gives me everything that I need to satisfy and comfort me. All we can think I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go deeper into his love. And that is where I get my true comfort. That is where I get my needs met. That is where my security is, sitting with him, knowing him, being with him. Love is this mysterious thing that we're all looking for in some way or another. We all long for it. We write songs about it. We sing songs about it. We watch movies about it. We feel special when love is expressed to us. And it's so understandable because God created us for love. We can be patient for the one that we love. What would our lives look like if we were patient for God's love? If we took time to just sit in his love regularly, constantly experiencing his love, knowing his love so that we can rely on his love. 
every time you listen with great attentiveness to your heavenly Father's voice, you will hear his voice saying to you, I accept you, I love you, that you are valuable to him, you are innocent before him. And like Tango, our ginger tomcat, who has now grown in confidence and is enjoying the attention and, and gets out of his little hidey hole and, and each time, and it's, you know, it's becoming more often, and each time it's for longer. As you hear your father's love and acceptance, you will discover within yourself a desire to hear that voice for longer and to go deeper into his love. It's like taking another step in the river. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes letting go of self-rejection, letting go of that which we think gives us value and worth. What does it look like for you to go deeper? Is it sitting with him more? listening to him more. Maybe it's, allow, it's, maybe it's reading your Bible more and, and allowing him to show you his love through it. You know, the Bible is a real love letter to us. It describes how God passionately loves his people and he wants to rescue them, and yet they reject him. And then he talks about again how he, he comes again with all his promises because he wants to rescue them and save them from themselves so that they can know his full love and acceptance, and yet they reject it. And then it tells us about how that he loves us so much that he sent Jesus into the world so that we can know his presence, so that we can know his love, and we still reject it. If I could just believe this word and I could just know his love for me and his acceptance, I will know his promises and his gift and the joy and the fruitfulness of living in that word. I love my Bible. I want to read it. I want to know what it says. Because as I do and I do what it says, I go deeper into love. Maybe going deeper into love is getting rid of things in your life that's causing you to be distracted from his love. Maybe going deeper is to do something that you know is calling you to do, but it means sacrifice or giving something up. Maybe it's repenting of an attitude or, of, or a behavior. Maybe it's forgiving somebody that's caused you pain. Maybe it's you asking somebody to forgive you where you've wronged them. Maybe it's looking at who is around you and showing them love and acceptance. The amazing thing about God's love is that he still loves you, even if you don't do any of that. Because his love for you will never change, because he just loves you. But as you go deeper into God's love, you'll find that there's a transformation going on within you. That there is a desire and a want and a need to, to let yourselves be changed by him to do those things. 
And maybe to start with, it takes effort and, and you maybe have to ask God to help you. But as you come to him and asking him to help you, you, you find that he is there for you and he helps you and he brings that transformation into your life. That's how you know you're going deeper into his love because you start wanting the things that God wants. You know, if you go away today with only one thing, let it be a heart's desire to go deeper into love. Maybe you could pray something like this. Father, take me deeper into you. Show me where I need to let go of things that are entangling me. Show me where there is self-rejection. Help me to see where I have sought from this world a satisfaction that, that only can be given to me if I am totally submerged in your full acceptance and love. Lord, I want to make my time with you a priority. Lord, I want to receive all the promises that comes from being in your love. Lord, let my life be fulfilled fruitful and whole in you, God. Let this be your daily prayer. Thank you and God bless you.